And we are live. We are live. With the Pair of Dings podcast. (laughs) And Honey and Luna. (laughs) Yes. Honey is on my lap today. We'll see how this goes. She's on one of your legs. Yep. Half my lap. (laughs) She's a a half lap cat today. (laughs) But she's so happy about it. She is. She loves it. Look at her. She's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) How's everybody doing? Oh. It's been a week. Oh. It's been a time. Why? Because of some issues that have popped up. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, me too. But I think it's a good opportunity to talk about reframing problems and like just remaining positive through the challenges life throws at you and finding ways to grow and um not get caught up in the emotion. All right, tell us about issues. it. Yes. So we had two issues come up this week. We had the hot water handle on the shower fly out and water was gushing from the pipe in the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's an old shower. It, it was always our intention to um, renovate the bathroom. And uh, it, it seems like we're going to have to do that sooner than later. Yep. Well, then it, I don't know. I feel like maybe there's some of my faults in here because it started with the leaky faucet, which then turned into not being able to turn on the hot water. So I was forced to look at that and find a solution. And I thought I fixed it, but maybe I created a problem in that process because I'm not a plumber and I was doing the best I could. Um, but I felt pretty good because we had a plumber come by and look at it today. And even he was a bit confused. And not sure exactly what somebody did. I think it would have eventually happened. And so um, your fix was temporary. It did work. But the way that it is set up, it's so old. It it just needs to be replaced. Like the whole goddamn fucking thing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And that's been part of my reframing in looking at it and say, you know, we bought an older house. Like it was built in 1916. And it's just been renovation after renovation that people have done. So you're buying a place that is just an amalgamation of everybody's solutions based on the time and money like, they had. And... It feels like that shower has never been renovated. <laughs> I think that's always the one thing that people have just bypassed. Maybe. And it's okay. It's okay. We knew. And it's all good. We'll, yeah. We'll fix it. <laughs> it's just struggle. We're... Or feels, um, it just feels poorly timed because we were planning to get to that later this year when it's a little warmer and now it's here and it's still cold out and it feels silly to throw money at a temporary solution, but it feels silly to start a full reno and just awkward timing there. Yeah. And then on top of that, running around today, my truck stopped starting. And that's been an issue that's been popping up here and there since February. And it's just exhausting. It kind of shatters your trust when you feel like you don't have a vehicle you can, you know, go out with and trust that it'll get you back home. Yeah. Especially when other people don't know what's going on either. And then you felt like you had the solution again and then it didn't work. And yeah. Yep. Fucking, I, I will tell you, I hate, I really hate one of my biggest hates is dealing with 
vehicle maintenance or Same. any kind of vehicle fixing. It's I've always thought it was dumb. So I agree. I've never enjoyed it, but at least I can I can do a lot of the basic maintenances myself. So a lot of routine stuff feels fine, but when it comes to like big electronic problem, well, specifically electronic because I think this issue might be more electronic than mechanical. That feels more frustrating because I don't know how these systems are. They're often very proprietary, so you have to go to someone who's like a dealership or right. dealer authorized and yeah. and the parts are often way more expensive than they feel like they need to be. So Yeah. And I had just ordered new wheels because the wheels on it have started flaking away. The chrome on them started flaking and there's an air leak from that. So it just felt like a lot of expensive and ambiguous maintenance issues pop up all at once. Right at a time when it's been really slow work-wise and, and it just feels heavy. Isn't you know? that life? It is. And that's a good reframe. But my... Um, so this afternoon when I was in my, in the Uber coming back from the, uh, the dealership after dropping off the truck, um, we're driving along 16th Ave and I looked over and there was this dog who was sticking his head out of the door or sorry, out of the window, um, from the car he was riding in <laughs> and he was just having his best day. He was so happy. Just his, um, his tongue and his cheeks flapping in the breeze. And it was a nice reminder to me to just, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy the little things that feel good. Enjoy yeah. being alive. Remember that these problems are solvable. And thankfully, I could do something like call a tow truck and just take an Uber back home. And it might be expensive. It might not be. But the money doesn't really matter in the big picture of things because I could still get home. I could still do my other work, uh, things that I needed to get done. And, you know, also signed a, uh, signed a contract with a client and got a deposit for some work to do in the future. So there's still progress going forward. Totally. And focusing on those things is way better than focusing on the, uh, seeming monstrosity of these couple issues that, that propped up at once. Totally. I'm glad you have that mindset. Yeah. So I did, um, I've been enjoying Andrew Huberman's podcast from the Huberman lab. He's a uh, neuroscientist and doctor who has a lab with Stanford university and he puts out a great podcast and he had a nice one the other day about dopamine and motivation and, um, was talking about a thing called was that non-sleep deep, non-sleep deep rest hmm. or also known as like, I think yoga nidra. It's another hmm. term. And it's just a kind of, it's almost a meditative practice where you just lie down and you focus on some breathing and you do a body scan and just sort of really feel into your body and it helps calm your nervous system down and bring you back into control of those, um, you know, like when you get anxious and you can feel like you have no control, like your heart rate's racing and you don't know what to do. You can't stop it. You feel uncomfortable. And it's a practice that really helps you calm all that down, reset it, and and refocus your mind and your body on the things that you need or want to do. And 
I feel like this has been a good season of life to really lean into those practices and and learn those things and practice them and understand how they how they work for me. Yeah. I thought it was cool because you had it on yesterday and he I, I was barely listening. I was barely listening. But he had mentioned something about being a motivated. Hmm. Is it a motivated? I could be wrong, but that's what sticks in my mind. And it was basically like when you can't get motivated to do something, so you do kind of something else that feels like it is harder than what you were doing or what you were planning to do. Like, for example, um, you like instead of sitting around watching TV or something, you get up and you clean and you're like, well, that's, that's something because it's harder than sitting around, but you're still not doing the thing that you really wanted to do, which is say like work out. And that's like, it's, and then I just sort of like kind of, (laughs) I can't, I can't repeat everything, but I just, in, in that same thought process, uh, I thought that was interesting. So I'm not going to, work out, but I'm going to clean because at least that's something better than sitting around, but that's still not getting me motivated to do the thing that I originally wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I could a be gap. very butchering this, but maybe if you link that in our show notes, the other people can actually go and listen to it and get the right, <laughs> the right <laughs> gist of it. But that's what I, that's what I heard. I feel like you captured the essence of it accurately there might be some uh imperfections that a scientist would would claim but i remember something similar something similar to that from my memory of it i wasn't paying as much attention to that part but it is fascinating um because i do remember him talking about i don't know if it was at that same section or earlier in the podcast because it's a, a few hours long and i was listening to it um at the gym as well Um, he was talking about how some of our reward cycles, things like going on to our social media or, or even some drug dependencies, they give us these temporary boosts in our dopamine and we can create these cycles of a quick win, a quick reward. So, well, maybe that's, it's less effort than, um, you know, going to the gym and achieving that long-term result of losing that 10 pounds or something. But it does give you that, it gives you that short win where you're like, okay, I did that. Yeah. You know, and if you get stuck in a loop of only doing that, it can be bad, but it can be a useful tool in terms of, you know, you think, oh man, yesterday I didn't feel like working out, but I got up and I did that. So if today I can now get up and do that and this, and you can just build upon those little steps. That's a positive use of it. I think I remember him also saying that, um, you know, we we have to push ourselves. Yes. You're there, uh, man. I really wish I was paying way more attention, but there's something about him saying, "Oh shoot!" Um, when we don't want to do something. It means we should really, really, really do something harder, not to a point where we hurt ourselves or, or, um, 
uh, yeah, hurt ourselves, but, but we need to push ourselves harder. Yeah. Well, and from what I understood of that dopamine cycle, there's a spike at the beginning. So your body gets a little boost and that gives you that motivation to go do. I remember him using this example of a, um, uh, like if, if you're hungry and you think of a sandwich, you know, when you think I'm hungry, I should get a sandwich that gives you that boost of dopamine, which is enough to like get you off the couch. You're going to the fridge and making it, or you're going out and, and looking for the sandwich that will satisfy that craving that you have, or you're ordering it in. Like it gives you enough motivation to go seek it out and acquire it. And then your dopamine kind of drops off. So you go, like he, he said, you have a baseline, right? So you go up above that baseline and then below that baseline. And when you're in, in that negative, um, what did he call it? A trough or a trench, something Tr- like that? Yeah, a trough. Yeah, I think he said trough. When you're down there, that's when you're experiencing like the pain of the hunger. You know, like you really want, you're like. You're hangry. <laughs> yeah. In an extreme example, sure, you're hangry. Um, but you really want that thing. And, and that's, what's really driving you to, to acquire it. And naturally your body will return to that baseline. And you, you kind of have some options to either like busy yourself and distract yourself from that pain, or you can just sort of sit with it and say, okay, this is uncomfortable. I'm hungry, but like, I can't have a sandwich or I don't have it or whatever. And all right. And you just like sort of let that feeling and sensation pass and when your body returns back to its baseline you're good again and it will always come back to that baseline and there's things you can do to help with the modulation of that um that cycle and we have certain actions we do that are really short cycles so he was using the example of some addictions or addictive behaviors, whether it's yeah. like smoking or a sex addiction or a alcohol addiction or um, like whatever else someone does, maybe social media addiction, even like those are short reward cycles. And if you do too much of that, then you like your baseline is operating off of these short reward cycles. And it can be very hard for you to achieve and think about long term goals because you're not used to that extended period of pain. And trusting that that will also come back, which I found interesting because I never thought of um, like shortening and lengthening our response. It's funny because Sunday I woke up and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this and that and blah, blah, blah. And after like a couple of hours, I'm like, I need a nap. Mm-hmm. So I took a nap. And then after that, I said I couldn't do nothing. Yep. <laughs> I was so uh, it's not some naps in the day are just detrimental to my day i wake up groggy and i cannot do anything i just want to lay there yeah <laughs> that can happen too um yeah I, I do find that interesting with our negative i don't know states like I was, I was talking to another friend and feeling like so much of life and and the things we experience it's learning how to you know, accept those high positive moments, those great feelings, and then fall with them into those negative sensations, but then use that momentum and find the, you know, motivation or the lesson or, or something out of that fall that can help us propel ourselves back up. And we're just in this perpetual state of motion. 
And I'd heard this definition of emotion as energy in motion. Makes sense. Which I was like, wow, that's really cool. Because also when I think of emotions, right, like every emotion has a positive and negative, um, like, value, I guess, that, like, we ourselves assign to it, right? It's not a universal thing. It's just what's positive and negative for you. What's making you feel good? What's making you not feel good? Mm-hmm. But you can always find those those positives from those negatives. <laughs> and um, I think that's the trick, right? Not to sit too long with either emotion. Like, okay, I'm feeling bummed out by this or I'm feeling overwhelmed or depressed or, you know, whatever that negative thing is. But what's the positive here? What's going to be good? You know, like even with these problems that we're having in the house and the truck, like, okay, the positives are we can fix them, right? Like we can fix that. We'll get our hot water back. We'll renovate the bathroom and get it all fixed up in a way that's better than it was. Like there's a positive and there's challenges there. Like we need to find people to help. We need to find money to pay for it. We need to find time where we can be around to like help with that or oversee it or let people in and, and all of this, but it's all doable. Yeah. So don't let that stop you. And in the end, you'll have a better shower and a bathroom that you love so much more than the one you already love. And it'll prevent all the um, water from like Well, we don't love our shower right now. <laughs> exactly. It's an old one. I came in like I'm never having a bath in, in, in this tub because it's so shallow. It's that old. It's so shallow. And then I was like, I need a bath. And then I had a bath and then I'm like oh, I need more baths and I just I made that work but it sucks mm-hmm. it sucks because then I like go under the water and then it's like all over the floor <laughs> yep. it's so shallow <laughs> um you even having half weight it'll still swoop over the the um, the top but that's okay that's okay that's yep. good so there's our uh, little lesson of just just roll with it go with the flow basically yeah, I think everything that happens to you is there to to teach you something or show you a way that you can grow and, um, you know, do something maybe you think you couldn't do or uh, provide an opportunity for you to um, find different solutions, think creatively. Like, I find myself a lot of times getting overwhelmed in the moment with the sensation of like, fucking again, or like, God, I wish this shit would just work, like. You know, but it's the nice ultimately never productive. Yeah. The nice thing about the things that have happened is that they are things that you um, that that are naturally going to happen. They're just they just will. So it's things that you kind of account for. That's what you have your emergency accounts for. Like I have an emergency fund fund because I know that shit's just going to fucking happen someday and I'm not going to be prepared for it. So this is what I prepare for. So as much as it sucks, we are still doing really wow. <laughs> we are still doing really good and and it's nothing to be too worried about. It's just a, a fucking bitch at the time. <laughs> yeah. And I find myself, especially when it comes to the finances of a lot of these things, um, like lately I've had to utilize a lot of debt. Um, in order to maintain uh, like a quality of life or get things fixed in a way that won't cause further issues and or to just get myself around to the jobs where I can make the money that we need. And I know within my own past, debt was always 
painted as super bad, like never take on debt. Don't do that. Cash for everything and debt bad. But there are practical uses for it. And I find if I can maintain the payments on things, okay. And realistically, in life, apparently, if you don't have debt, you're not a person. <laughs> and know. so, ah. I think there it's part you go. of being. I think it's part of being young. Where like you don't have stuff, you don't have, um, or not many of us jump right into making tons of money. Or like for me, I'm transitioning a career path, so you're, I'm forging a new, um, a new like career essentially, and that's gonna require some debt. And sure, you could go out and and work and try to like work a normal job and do this on the side. But, you know, in some short practice of that, I've always found I end up not delivering service to my clients. So that, you know, makes it harder to acquire new clients or get those referrals. And thankfully, I have the support of some great friends and family who are willing to gift Lucky some money and resources you, to you like have help a partner. me. <laughs> and I have a let me finish my thought here. Like <laughs> I have so much support from friends, family, and you um, that were able to maintain a quality of life that allows me to spend that time and to be available to service clients and build a better client service or a, a customer service experience and be available for people. And that's going to win out in the long term because at least the jobs I am able to book, while they may be infrequent, they're at the price ranges that I want. Mm-hmm. And that I'm aiming for. Yeah. And it's just a matter of upping the quantity of those uh, throughout the year. Yeah. And that's going to be awesome. I'm still happy, happier than I've ever been in my life. And so, like, I see no problem over here. Thank you. Baja. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but one sure last. Mama. <laughs> you totally are. <laughs> it's cool. It'll swap one day. And then I'll be your I sugar daddy. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, but on that debt, that last thought about debt, I noticed where so much of my fear comes from is like, what if the bank or somebody like sends me a note one day and they say, we need all that money now, you know, and I go, <laughs> oh my gosh, like, where would that ever come from? I have, and I don't know where this comes from in me even, like I've tried to sort of track this down, like, where does this fear come from? Because like no <laughs> like that's unlikely and also if they ever did say that i can i can say well i can't do that let's work out a plan like it's not that i'm unwilling or i'm trying to not ever pay that back it's just being honest with somebody about what is my situation what am i trying to do and what kind of an arrangement can we get to because ultimately it's it's better for both of us to have that conversation and to work out some kind of a deal then it would be for them to like be assholes and just demand it and and like take some kind of other action against me. And they, so, they don't want that. They want you to exactly. be they want to be in control of you all the time. So Yeah, and recognizing <laughs> well they're in business, right? Like and they want to keep a customer because also if they treat me like shit and they do all that, I'll take my business to another bank or elsewhere. Or like they'll end up losing long term versus if I say, Yeah, that sucks, okay. Maybe I'll have to pay you more over time or something, but that's okay. You've been flexible with me. You've allowed, like, you've given me the monies that I need to get these things done. So at least my house is functioning, my car is functioning, 
I can go out and pursue the jobs and earn that money to pay you back. And I think that's a more human approach. And just so y'all know, like we are, we're good. Totally. Nobody needs to be worried about (laughs) us. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's it's like it's it's uh it's just um it's i i gotta laugh because um when i think about debt i think about other people in my life and the kind of debt that they have and i've never ever been in the kind of debt that other people are in and we have like normal debt mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are also kidless Although our cats can be expensive because because one has a leaky butt and then they eat a lot. But, you know, it's better than it's it's just it's not better. It's different. And so uh, it is. It is. And as long as I, I think we're we're very fortunate just for our how we live because we are happy. And so. You always, always have always said that money is just a tool. It just gets you what you want. Mm-hmm. And it, I used to be worried about money all the time. And I am in more in debt than I have ever been in my life. And I am more happy than I've ever been in my life, though. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter. Nope. It really doesn't. Um, just be, you still got to be like smart about what you're doing, but don't, you know, like we only have, we don't know when we're going to go. Mm-hmm. So live your life. Exactly. And that's a good point that you bring up too. Like when I, I think I only feel that pressure because it's compared to my past where like working in props and, and having that union um, pay rate and like not having a lot of other expenses in terms of home maintenance and um, groceries, like because I was just tax. fed all the time. Yeah, like it's a different load of things, and um, but also remembering how unhappy I was with that, despite the great money, and and that's the great motivation for the change here. Yeah, same and, with me and my. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Just just same with me with my office job. Like, yeah. And, um, it's not worth it. Yeah, and recognizing that this change now and this temporary pain, um, and again, like it's manageable. That's what I keep bringing myself back to and saying, I know maybe I have this internal anxiety around it, and I want to pay these things faster. I want this, but what is what is the lender asking? What is the bank asking? Not much. Like <laughs> it's manageable. It's doable. Sure, it like you know. Uh, as financial advisors and, you know, I think when I read out on the internet about things and people talk about how you need to pay this down so you don't incur all of these, like there's always this fear. Okay, where, this, what, what blog are you reading? Is anyone, it in like the any United financial States advisor. or is it in Canada? Like, <laughs> no, can I mean, we get a anyone, little bit- they say like, you need to pay these things down fast. And like, again, but without that context of someone looking at your specific financials, I think we can all jump to extreme conclusions and make ourselves feel really bad about whatever our situation is versus, you know, if you got some some advice from somebody, if you're feeling truly overwhelmed and like it's unmanageable. Sure. You know, like if you're hanging up on <laughs> collection calls and stuff like, well, I'm like we're not doing that at all. Yeah, it's like no, we're making the payments. Nothing's ever getting there. It's all fine. And so. I think that's another healthy reframe that I have to do to myself when I feel those anxieties or I go, 
oh, like another truck maintenance bill. I got to call a tow because truck. I got another this fucking headache. Totally. But recognizing, you know what? You have the resources and you have people that you can um, lean on or ask for help, vent this to, like, that's all there. And everybody understands those pains. And there are a lot of people who have extra at times and they're willing to say, hey, I got some extra. Let me help you out. And, you know, um, we're I, I, I kind of laugh, too, because, like, we feel like we are um, sometimes on our own, but what I'm laughing at is that we're in our thirties and we think about our parents when they were in their thirties and they were getting help from other people and, and they were helping other people. And, you know, it's just, it, it's just a circle of life is that we feel like we need to be more established. We need to have more to be able to take care of ourselves. But the fact is that we're all taking care of each other and mm -hmm. it's just, been doing that for for generations for everybody like people our our family will help other families and other families will help our families and our families will help us and we'll help our families like it's it's really hilarious how i i i, I laugh again because it's like my family just like <laughs> moves money between each other yeah and, and i it's hilarious i think it's Same hilarious like, <laughs> um and so it's nothing to feel bad about i know it can feel bad because that's how i used to feel but i feel so much more secure and normal about things knowing that that's how it used to be for them and uh um also things are different in our relationship where uh it, we we are so much of a partnership where it's it's not your money or my money. And it sometimes, I mean, like everybody should have their own accounts. I'm not saying share everything, but you know, like I never feel bad about being like, don't worry about it. Or having you at times have shared money with me mm -hmm. and, and, but because we're partners and that's how we live and we share space and we share cats and we share shit. So <laughs> well, we works. don't share shit, not shit. But we do pee in the same toilet. <laughs> that's true. At the same time, sometimes. <laughs> and that's TMI and pretend like you didn't hear that. But, um, yeah, struggles of a single toilet house. But back to that um, the thought about our parents and, and them trying to figure it out when they were this age. That's been a great part of growing older and having just open conversations continuously with my parents. I think nowadays, well, yeah, now, like in my 30s, I'm getting a clearer picture of what some of the stresses were for my parents when we were growing up. Because, like, we didn't have a lot. And, you know, it was rare that I would get, like, quote, new school clothes that were not from a thrift shop. You know, like, we'd get a pair of shoes a year. And it's like, that's what you get. And now you know? all we want to do is shop at thrift shops. <laughs> it's true. It instilled a good habit. I'm not knocking the thrift shops. I no, love I know. thrifting. Um, but, you know, as a kid, that was just like normal. I don't know. I couldn't have even imagined what it's like to go into the mall and get like brand new clothes for thousands of dollars for the school year or something. Or you know even when I turned 16 and all these classmates of mine are getting like really nice new cars for their 16 and you know, 
we're out shopping like okay we can scrape together five grand for you like what can we get you that'll that'll move you around for that i wonder um, what it's like now though because thrift storing is a real trend i'll say that I wonder how kids are like now because, yeah, I kind of felt the same way where people were like, oh, I got all the new fucking stupid shit. And I so am sorry for um, cursing so much. But honestly, dumb. The podcast is marked explicit. It good. Anticipate it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but isn't it ridiculous how people have thought that way in the past? Even me. me even me. And it's like why you guys got all these new things but look at all the great things that are out there that have been used and now honestly now i feel like when it comes to um fashion or whatever people are um absorbing that thrift store kind of trend because it is unique Mm -hmm. so much more unique yeah and I don't I I don't think I was ever aware of any judgment from that. Like if kids were judging or noticing that or thinking something back in, I was, back then? Yeah. I was like like I was such a happy kid in that sense. I didn't care. It's like do you know what? I've got clothes, I've got games to play, like I had things to do in my mind. I'll give you So I never paid any attention to I'll, I'll say that's what a di- people that's were a very different doing. thing between probably boys and girls then because mm-hmm. uh, well at least for me it was um man girls are mean girls are mean and like when you are uh, uh look like you are I, I don't even know what the word is, but when when you just look uh dad, like you're dressed sad or something, like you're dressed thrifty or something, like people do not res- girls do not respond well to that. And I don't know what it is, just girls are mean. I feel like boys can get away with a lot more than girls back then. I, I I feel like now is very different. People don't go to school as often anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone's online seriously, school. like school is, is in two weeks out of a month. Um, <laughs> I just, but I just think, yeah, it, you're just so much more judged as, as a girl growing up. I could understand that. Cause like girls don't really, I mean like people don't really look at guys clothes as much. Um, as a teen, as girls look at girl, other girls and what they're wearing. Yeah, I can say I had zero sense of like. I believe that I've seen the cool pictures. fashion mm-hmm. or anything like. <laughs> <laughs> but I was. I think this was maybe it was part of my either a coping mechanism or just a reaction to us never having the resource for me to like bother caring because no matter how much I would have cared about that. It's like, well, we don't like we don't have money for you to go buy that stuff. And I wasn't into spending hours and hours and hours in thrift shops comparing how pieces of clothes matched. Like that's just it's not what I was into. Like I was into my music. I was into playing with the cameras. Like I spent you all already, of my money on guitar stuff in high school. You already have a one up on many of the boys probably in high school then just because you played an instrument. And girls like that. Yeah. And that was always where I guess I drove my confidence from. It was like, yeah. sure, maybe I don't look like the coolest kid or all of that, but 
Like when the talent show rolls around, I'm the one on stage with the loud guitars screaming and singing and playing shit and running through the crowd because like I've got the cool gear. Like I'm letting other people borrow my gear because <laughs> they want the wireless pack so they can run around and do <laughs> stuff. Like I understood where my strengths were and that I guess gave me the confidence to just to be whoever and whatever in my other states because I knew I can do this other thing that a none lot of, of y'all can. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think people, (laughs) I should say everybody could, but that's just where I chose to put my time. Like, I firmly believe that anyone could be creative and entertaining. You just have to work on it and put in that effort and be willing to look like an idiot and fail a lot. And as long as you're good with that, like, I think people will respect you. Hi, honey. You know, and I think if people ever um, pointed to the way I looked or made fun of it, you know, I just owned it. It's like, yeah, okay, this is how I look. Like, that's all you got? <laughs> come on. That's like, really nice. Come up with a better insult, honestly. That's really nice. That's a pretty shallow that's insult. That's not how I lived, but it's really nice that you had that going on. Yeah, I can't um, explain how it came, but it's, like. It's great. Like, it's, uh, and I don't want to even want to, this is not the, this is not the episode to get into that kind mm-hmm. of shit, but fucking hate in high school. I hate, I'm the. I hated but, it for a lot of other reasons, but. Yeah. My appearance was never one of them. And even when I look back now and I'm like, wow, what a goofy looking kid I was. I'm like, yeah, but whatever. Mm -hmm. I still got to do all those incredible things that I wanted to do. And I've turned into the person that I am today. And I like who that is. I'm glad that you don't have any hair anymore. (laughs) 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 It was thinning back then even. Yeah, it was pretty (laughs) bad. But I think that's just, you know, a part of it. I, I focused a lot of my attention on some other skills and um, experiences and, you know, that didn't leave as much time or money left over to, to worry about the other things. That's but, good. You know, I will say the cool thing, despite having little money to go like get a fancy new car, we had enough money that I could go buy a cheap old BMW down in Seattle because the rich people down there sell them off super cheap since everyone wants the brand new one. <laughs> and um, that was almost more talked about than anyone's fancy new car. And they'd be like, whoa, That's you got funny. a Beamer? I'd be like, yeah. And I paid like a quarter of what you paid for your fancy hunk of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So I think that is part of the cool the cool thing when you're sort of thrifty and and looking for something – um, that fits a budget, you still have the opportunity to be creative and unique and to find something uh, that can make you stand out and make you a little memorable and, and make people go, wow, they could do that with 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 that little money or something like you can kind of blow people's minds in the opposite direction. It's really weird how kids mindset on what's worth and what's not it's wild. Everybody's. I mean, there would even be, um, fuck, there would even be adults sometimes. You'd be like, wow, like you get a Beamer and you're 16, <laughs> you know? Hmm. I'm like, you could go get one too. Let's browse Craigslist <laughs> together. Like you could get seven with the money you spent on your big truck. Like, wow. you know, it was just kind of a funny thing. Um, I guess there's like people's perceptions of brands and totally it's ridiculous yeah it's hilarious to me so i think from an early early age that's what it gave me that ability to kind of see through 
a lot of those preconceptions that people have based on advertising or how they grew up. And I can say, actually, you can make this work. Yeah. And it can maybe even be cheaper than that expensive thing that you bought. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I thought we could like talk a little bit about what we've done in the past couple of weeks. What we did in the past couple of weeks. So it was St. Patrick's Day. Oh, not last weekend, but the weekend before. And my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Jordan. Happy dirty, dirty, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> my brother's 30. Yeah. Oh, no. What's that I make know. me? Shh. What a selfish thought. No, huh? shh. It's my brother's shh. birthday and I'm thinking of my age. Yeah, I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want to think about it because my little brother, my little brother turns 30. The, the last one of us turns 30 next year. Ooh. That's exciting. And I know there's only two of you, but there's four of us. Mm-hmm. And the last one turns 30 <laughs> next year? Well, when you say it like that, don't say it like that. God! Say it like, the last one of us turns 30! No, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I I don't want to talk about it yet. Let's talk about it next year. But anyway, anyways. The last couple of weeks, we went out for St. So Patrick's Day. So St. Patrick's Day, we did. I had uh, an urge to kind of like go out and do something so what did we go do kind of you had an urge to i had a really it. good urge to go out yeah what did we because we had a fun what did night. we go do well first because it was kind of last minute and then we realized it was saint patrick's day we needed to get an early foot out the door yeah so we hopped down to greta bar which is a fun arcade bar down here in calgary and we played games for a while and they had green beer and um, how do I describe it? It's a mix of like traditional, like ski ball and a lot of those traditional sort of, I guess I call them like physical games and like, you know, the basketball hoops and yeah. the um, air hockey table. What was the other one? That's there like, was- it's like the hockey fighters. On It reminds me of the hungry hippos, but it's with the hockey guys and you have to shoot the puck across the little thing anyhow just hockey but then there's also arcade games like they have the mario kart racing and um the other non-racing ones that we played the galactica one you know a little spaceship uh, they had some pinball they had pinballs street fighter um so many it's two floors yeah two floors of games and we got there at the perfect time because they weren't too busy we got our coats checked in we loaded our card with credits to go play and and we chugged green beers, right? <laughs> like, yeah, we had I was some green beers, and then out. we discovered that there was um, they were making some special shot that they put Lucky Charm marshmallows in, and they had to laugh because I had to ask them. I'm like, so who around here had to sit around and pick out all the marshmallows? Because I thought that was hilarious. Because somebody was had to do that. I liked you how they kept. Like the the whole bag was stuck together. Yeah, I remember watching yeah. them struggle, like picking yeah. out the little charms yeah, from each one. Yeah, because they're sticky marshmallows. They're not real marshmallows. No, they're, they're terrible. But they were great in that. <laughs> yeah, shot. it was a great shot because it was some sort of like cream liqueur kind of shot with something else. I don't even know, but it had. I'm assuming Bailey's. Something easy. Irish, um, right? And they had all their Irish decor up. Yeah. And then it got super busy, which was kind of fun, because I feel like it wasn't too busy where I was uncomfortable. But it was nice and crowded and you felt this good energy of a crowd and people having fun together and um, yeah, just being out, having a good time. What were those guys who had this um, sign was, their shirt? There was like six um, guys together that were uh, doing a bachelor party 
Um, and they had a scavenger hunt type of thing going on, as do most bachelor-type parties, bachelorette parties, <laughs> stag parties do. Right. So we signed a couple T-shirts. Yeah, they had some kind of a checklist on there with things they That's had right. to do. Yeah. and um, But it was printed on the shirt. I didn't, like um, a scavenger hunt type of thing. Yeah. So anyhow, this like guy stumbles over to us. Hey, sign my shirt and hands us a Sharpie. And I'm like, fuck yeah, that's my kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm into that. And then I, I, I'm, I'm going to say it again, but I had to laugh because everything's funny right now. But um, I knew it was going to happen because who goes out on a, a night that is an actual sort of holiday or whatever? Um, a special day? Oh, like 20 year olds. <laughs> and so everybody that starts pouring in, they're all decked out in their funny little clothes that are super green or their um, beads or this and that for St. Patty's Day. And they're all super young. I did not feel dressed for the occasion. I had green boots on, boots, and they were a forest green. <laughs> I had a green button up shirt on, which and it was forest I feel green. that makes me. Really in my thirties. <laughs> yeah, we did not. We did not dress. Yeah, because I had like the glasses and the, the I, beads yeah, and the hats. But whatever, the... you know. At least we went out with some form of green on. So if somebody asked us, like I, I, I was bombarded in the bathroom at one point, being like, "Where's your green?" And I'm like, "My boots are green." <laughs> <laughs> like there you go. I did it. <laughs> I hope you said it with that accent too. My Maybe. boots are green. But it was that actually. So we were we spent a few hours at the Greta bar and it was so much fun. But it was time to go because we were feeling good. And I think it was time to dance. Yeah, it got a little crowded. So we felt like it's time to move on. It was fun. But after after a while and that it's time to move on. So we hopped on down the way. We walked there and it was cold, but it was doable. To a place called Twisted. Twisted. Which was our first time at this place. Yes. And I heard about it before, but I didn't know. And it's like, uh, how do you explain it? It's a, it's, it's, um, it's like the gay bar. Realistically, yeah, it's, it's the gay bar. bar. There's a uh, drag dance shows and I love that shit. And it was so much fun because we got there at a time where they were doing before, before, like it was still late for us, but it was, <laughs> it was like 1030 or something. It was late for us. Really? But that early? It was. I thought we were a little later. Okay. It I'm was, ashamed yeah. to admit that publicly. Yeah, no, because we went home around midnight. <laughs> oh. But no, we went to McDonald's around midnight. Um, but anyways. We did not. So. So they're still doing their their drag dance shows. And I think that is so much fun. I always love the uh, I love the energy that comes from these people that are so confident. And also I'm so jelly that I can't dance like that. They were phenomenal. dancers, And it was super it, it started to get really busy, but we were also up really close. And the crowd was super into it. That also made it really so fun. so much fun. And then the music after when they're done dancing, even when they're dancing, um, it was so much fun to dance to. Like, it was a great environment. I want to go again. I can't wait to go again. Um, I loved it. Yeah. I had such a great time. I'd never been to, I think I'd been to like one queer bar in Vancouver. 
and it was okay, but it was just sort of a dancey place. Like there wasn't much of a show or anything. So I'd never been somewhere with a drag show happening and like, um, performance yeah. to it. It's definitely and that was cool. so much fun. Mm-hmm. I love that you were into it too. Cause you know, a lot of people like some people wouldn't be, some boyfriends wouldn't be into that, but you're such a good sport when it comes to going out that I feel so comfortable, um, even asking. And then it also fills a little bit of a void when you, I don't have the girlfriends that want to go out kind of thing. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I love, um, being with someone who will encourage me to come out and to go to those places. Cause I think there are things that I could sit around and think, Oh, what would it be like? but never really muster up the energy to go out or to round up a group of people to go there. Um, and so it's fun. I appreciate how you pull me into these new experiences. And, you know, as someone who works in entertainment or worked in entertainment, like I have a huge admiration and respect for performers, like especially yeah. when you're doing live performance. Like I've worked a lot with actors traditionally in in film and television where it's a rehearsed performance, but seeing somebody live and work a crowd and, and knowing on top of that, um, that you're doing drag, like there's, I guess there's a different cultural weight to that. And to see someone do that so well, it's so, it's so to put impressive. on a show that I'm like, like it, whatever, like, even if you were a woman doing that show Which would be do. impressive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and that's what I mean. It just to me shows that entertainers are just a <laughs> phenomenal people. And I love the energy they bring and how they oh, I know got that. the crowd into everything with it. Oh, the energy is it was really it, it's so exciting. It just gets you going. And it feels great because people don't people aren't judging there. Totally. I mean, we made a few friends outside even. I gotta sneeze again. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. But I would say like part of me in my teenage <laughs> spirit there always feels like a bit of a like fuck you attitude to it which i really liked like yeah these people they're kind of like fuck you i don't i don't care if you're judging this like this is who i am exactly this is what i want to be this is what i want to do this is how i'm gonna move and like fuck you yeah it makes me more comfortable in my own skin even though i'm not that i don't know i want to say i'm not that brave but there's just never been anything that i've kind of like put myself into to be like that so i feel really i just face I'm, that level of I, adversity in your I life i just love people that can be honest yeah with themselves and so i fucking love that kind of energy and i had a great time i really did and the music again bombing it was so good and i got to speak some drunken spanish with a guy oh yeah so so <laughs> there was there was this lone person just sitting like so far away from the stage all by himself where nobody was. And I think Jake was peeing or something at some point. So I was just chatting with him. Cause I was like, I I'm drawn to the people that are alone. I'm like, why are you alone? It's so sad. Um, and, but he couldn't speak any English. And so he was, we were talking via his phone, um, through, like through translation. Translate. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I I felt really bad. Like, he was so nice. And I'm like, oh, why are you alone? And I don't remember what he said. <laughs> but, but he was alone. And then and then I had to go pee. And so I'm like, just stay here. 
please hang out with um, our new friend. And Jake knows Spanish. And I think that was good practice probably. But also, it's so loud as fuck. I don't know how you guys even still understood each other. I don't know either. But you made it happen. And then we got him on the dance floor. And then he ditched us, which is fine. He obviously is all good. But I hope that he felt like included because I just felt like he was just alone. And I just wanted to make sure that he understood that there are like you can still just go out there, meet people and go enjoy yourself and and whatnot. But, um, I just kind of hooked myself onto those kind of people because I've yeah. always felt like that person. Yeah. Well, and that's what um. You know, it was exciting, well, exciting and nerve wracking to practice some Spanish with a native Spanish speaker. I forget where in Mexico he was from, but he said he was from Mexico and he comes up here to work. And, um, uh, but regardless of the conversation in the Spanish, uh, sometimes that's all we need is that person to come over and say, hey, come participate. Um, and it seemed like that did a lot because once we all got up and, you know, we kept we had to invite him a couple of times. I remember saying a few times, like, come on, you know, like, yeah. let's dance, let's dance. Yeah. And um, and yeah. And then it, but he finally, you know, gave in and came out and started dancing. And then you could see this total change in his energy happen. He's just like, oh, yeah, cool. Whatever. I'm out here moving. And we're all just kind of moving like idiots. Like, I am yep. not a great dancer, but, you You're know, I will. With. Well, I am able to just sort of let go at a certain point and say, whatever. And especially when it's in a dark nightclub with a bunch <laughs> of other people who are doing the same thing, it makes it a lot easier when you kind of look around and, and say, oh, no one really knows what they're doing here. This is great. I'm in my, I'm in the place I need to be. Yeah. Everyone's just feeling the music, however they feel it. Exactly. That's the whole point of dancing. And that's what I loved about that place. Um, I feel like a lot of the clubs I'd been to before weren't that or you had to dance in a certain way or it's all just grinding and like very sexual and just dudes trying to pick up chicks or vice oh, versa yeah. or dudes trying to pick up dudes or, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, if, I've always felt like a lot of clubs were that way and I didn't feel that way at Twisted. It felt like people were I, there to genuinely just like dance and have yeah. some fun and connect and, and do whatever. I, for me, I used to go dancing with my best friend Candace a lot and for us, it was literally just going out and feeling the music. And how did that make us move? And we would shut our eyes and we would be literally in our own worlds and nothing around us mattered. And so that's how I still do it. And that's what uh, um, I miss about going out. And that's what I really enjoyed about going out. Because we ha I haven't done that in a very long time. A very long time. And I'm so glad we did it because it really reignited a whole... Like, I want to do it all the time. <laughs> I just want to go out. And I want to dance. And I just want to enjoy myself that way. Yeah. And it it's good. cool that we can do that together. I enjoy it too. It's fun. And on that note, it seems like a good place to wrap this up. I think so too. Yeah. Go out and dance. Enjoy yourself. Just move. Yeah. Don't think. Don't judge. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk later. Bye. Dance.